Welcome to MPO's AFL Grand Final Special. Uh, I'm Tim, I'm a little bit under the weather, who knows what, might be related to contractors, it may not be, but anyway, um, or construction. But um, I'm joined by um, our two regulars, Jeremy and Woody, how are you guys? Good Tim, <clears throat> how are you? <clears throat> Good, ripping. I'm uh, very, very optimistic and excited. <clears throat> awesome. And joining us for this episode because he will either be in a noose, and I'm not really trying to have a go at mental health and that, but he'll be either in a noose or he'll be locked up for indecent exposure in Wolverine, <laughs> um, a, depending uh, on meta, the result. A meta, meta, metaphorical noose, we'll call it that. Yes. We'll do yeah, that, yeah. yes. How are you, Phil? Yeah, good, boys. How are you? Good, good, good. So let's start the ball rolling because we just don't know how long we're all going to exist for this um, podcast. Uh, breaking news. Well, who says it was breaking? It's been probably um, signed, sealed, delivered for about 48 hours, maybe even longer, but it officially announced that Michael Voss is no longer an assistant coach at Port Adelaide and is threatening a very challenging pre-season for the Carlton Football Club. So I think we'll go around the panel first before we talk to um, his um, election manager, Woody, and um, what do you think, uh, Phil and Jeremy? Uh, well, yeah, bef- yeah, before we do throw to Aaron LeVar Ball Woods. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 I completely agree with it. Um, I like, uh, like that a coach is getting a second chance to show his wares because I think the first time around you can learn a lot. So I think he'll be better for it and, and I think he'll be able to... Uh, with the experience that he's had in in winning and whatnot, to uh, motivate the boys maybe a little bit more than the previous coach did. Fair cool, fair cool. Yeah, I think it's fair, mate. I think it's a really good appointment. Um, and let's not forget, uh, we won't go into it too much, but there's I think there'll be a few more dominoes fall with regards to assistant coaches. So I think Foster's going to have a good crew, a good crew around him as well. And uh, I don't think there'll be no more uh, 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 games gifted to players at Carlton under Michael Voss's watch, that's for sure. Do we think um, Scarlett, the thug, leaving um, Geelong's coaching list might, is it for a break or will he possibly appear somewhere else? Anyone? I, uh, I, would, um, <coughs> I would put a at least two pineapples on it that Matthew Scarlett will be an assistant coach at Carlton in the next, yeah. I would say, Within the week, we, we'll have an announcement that Matthew Scarlett's at Carlton. Yeah, so so what, he, what he said when Scarlett left was he wants to step away from, step away from, from coaching, which I, which I translated as, I want to step away from coaching at Geelong. Yeah, so, yeah. correct. And, and look, sorry, listeners, but um, I've never been a fan of Scarlett since Robert Harvey wanted to f- frigging kill him um, after, a, after a final. So, um, don't show no, no remorse or the Scarlo, no. And I, I would um dabble in the fact that I think Scarlo may have got a bit personal about Robert Harvey's family because it takes a lot to make Robert Harvey want to kill someone. But that aside, that's history. Um, Woody, you have 30 seconds. 30 seconds, is that all? Um, this is the move that I was um campaigning for when Bolton got sacked, but I could not be happier with disappointment. Um, the time at Port Adelaide is only going to hold him in good stead. The time at Brisbane is actually going to be a positive because he knows firsthand what does not work. And if you think that he's going to make the same mistakes, you're kidding yourself. Um, 
is the perfect appointment. Um, Sam Petrevsky-Seaton is probably handed in a transfer request at the right time because I don't think that um, Michael Voss would put up with the half-arse and piss-poor efforts that um, Petrevsky-Seaton got away with under Teague. Um, if, if he's half as ruthless as a coach as he was on the field, the standards are going to be increased tenfold, and that's only a good thing. There'll be no games given away here. I think every single game will be earned. Um, Ollie Wine said, I think, in his Brownlow acceptance speech that Michael Voss is the best motivator that he's played under. Lack of motivation or being able to inspire the group was probably Teague's biggest downfall. So what you didn't get with Teague, I think you get everything, every bit of it with Voss. And um, I could not be happier with disappointment. And to be honest, Rocket said he's a good bloke, didn't he, Jez, on the podcast? He did Rocket. Yeah, he's a big fan. <coughs> Quality bloke. Big, big so, fan of Vossi. And apparently, uh, apparently, uh, Brenda Vavola is available for recruitment if he's, uh, if, if Vossi is so inclined. Well, Brenda I, I also should be available as a goal-kicking coach. <coughs> as I know um, from watching Bounce regularly and loving it, that um, there's a big, bad, hairy cat that um, would probably be happy to make a comeback too by the name of Mooney. Uh, Mooney was ready to make a comeback in 2011 grand final as well. So, uh, <laughs> let's, let's be honest, he's in the right age group for John's recruitment. <laughs> he, absolutely, he absolutely is. <laughs> Who knows, depending on what goes on with Christopher Scott, he might come back as captain coach. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think that's enough for the Carlton podcast. We'll move on. Um, basically, Sunday night gone, we had the uh, annual Brownlow medal. And as per normal, a midfielder's won it. I don't think there's any disputing that he was at least in the best two. Arguably, he was the best because he got the brown low. But um, before we discuss the um, actual review of what we thought, just a quick um, question. Is it a midfielder's medal before we get into the nitty-gritty of what happened? Of course, I'll preface my comment by saying, of course it is. But of course it is. We know this. Um, but... It, that just is what it is, um, regardless of whether we call it a midfielder's medal or what. I tell you what, there's still going to be a count on. We're still going to we're still going to watch the count go, and we're still gonna, and we're still going to interview the winning player next the, the next day, regardless. So, well, just accept it for what it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a prestigious award. <clears throat> It doesn't matter the umpires vote for it. That's how they've always done it. So just, There's always been human yeah. error as to maybe the best play doesn't win it because it's human error of umpires. But now the best I think player... that adds to the mystique of the medal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, now the best player could be a fullback and we know he's not going to frigging win it. That's my problem with it. But I, I don't mind the human error of when any position could win it because shit happens. But when it's... You can predominantly see that the umpires are just looking at the stat sheet. Who's kicked the ball the most? In a lot of cases. um, And I think we'd be very very surprised if um, you all didn't agree with me here. I think Max Gorn is the best player in the competition. At this very moment, I would agree. There is no player in any position that is so much better than everyone else that plays the position as Max Gorn is to his rucking counterparts. So for me, that means he's the best and most dominant player in the competition. But as for it being a midfielder's medal, um, I would suggest that 
you would say 80% of the best 30 players are actually midfielders? Yeah. Yeah, key position players. Key position players <clears throat> that, that stand out. <clears throat> they stand out for a reason because there's not that many of them. Exactly. Yeah, but I'd hate to be a forward that kicks, you know, 70 goals or something like that if that's the case because you're not going to get see, a freaking vote. We barely, we barely, ever <clears throat> see, barely ever see big bags anymore, though. If no, you, no, you if you if you kick if you if you kick eight goals in a game, <clears throat> what, um, it's a lay down mazir. <clears throat> I'd argue this um, year we have seen the return of the big forward. Uh, not seen, not wholeheartedly, but we have seen. Yeah, we've seen a we've seen a pathway to the return <clears throat> of the big forward. Yeah, but uh, the bag, a bag now is like four or five. To be honest, well, it just um, shows you how well Bruce true. went in that game when he kicked ten. That's right. As Jeremy said, a bag now is considered four or five um, goals. Um, you'd be lucky to get Dunstall or Lockett out of bed for four goals back in their day, wouldn't you? Yeah, correct. Yeah. You only need to go back, what, 30 years in the early 1990s and you had, on any given weekend, you'd have Sumich that could kick 10, Dunstall that could kick 10, Lockett, Ablett Senior, etc. Salmon and now, even kicking 10. Salmon, yeah, Paul Salmon. And now we cream our genes, you know, fast forward to 2021 <clears throat> when Josh Bruce kicks 10 goals against North Melbourne who basically had no fight, like, no defence pretty much. They, they basically just lay down and let him do whatever he wanted. But like, oh, wow, it's a great game. And I don't want to take it away from Josh Bruce because 10 goals in today's game is great. But we hardly see it anymore because, yeah, it's basically uh, – yeah, it, it's, it's so, not really a key points <coughs> game anymore, is it? You're right. Someone, someone's uh, if someone's kicking a bag of 10 goals, it's one of the uh, – these days in 2021, it's a matter of uh, someone sending you a message or a text saying, Oh, get around this! Someone's about to kick ten goals. Where where it was more yeah. commonplace. Yeah, I guess even now, even now, there's a lot of probably <clears throat> um, just because the way he's gone. Even six goals is considered an amazing thing <coughs> now. Where yeah. yeah, it was every single week, 25, 30 years ago, someone was kicking mm. at least that. But well, I guess could, also could to the results of we've seen the Brownlow Medal, it actually probably highlights how good of a year um, Lockett had in 87 when he won the Brownlight full forward, being well, the only forward to do it. Yeah. Outstanding. Outstanding yeah. year. And, uh, let, let's face it, no one tags anymore. No, no one tags anymore. But we're, we're talking about those They run around on their own. Ooh. No one tags anymore, and that is a good thing, I think so. Yeah. But we've been talking that it's a midfielder's medal for ages now. Like the last bloke to win it outside the midfield was Scott Wind in 92 when he was a ruckman. And before that was Jim Steins in 91. He was a ruckman. So since 1993, so from Wanganeen onwards, every player that's won it, they've been in the midfield position when they've won that. Like Adam Goods obviously played a few different roles during his career, but when he won his two ground lows, he was predominantly a midfielder for that season. So I'd still argue Adam Goods is probably the most complete Brownlow medalist we've seen in the last 20 years, though, because he can play anywhere. Agreed. Yeah, correct. Jason Agamenis would be up there as well. Indeed, yeah. I, I still think Goods was more versatile than even Akamanis. Akamanis oh. was more X-Factor. I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. Good, Goods, Goods, remi- Goods, Goods reminds me a little bit of um, Kuda could play anywhere. Goods had more physical yeah. tools than, <clears throat> yeah. than Akka. But I'm, I'm talking about the position of what Akka played. He played yeah. sort of half even, even, even Goods, <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't win his brown lows as a ruckman or a forward or a defender, no. which he played all of those better than most Guys played and those players. Star Award as a ruckman in '97. He, was, he, yeah. he did them as <clears throat> as a as a midfielder, didn't he? Yeah, correct. And I guess you could always argue that technically a ruckman's a midfielder anyway. He's just the big mid- midfielder. That's yeah, pretty much what Max Max Gorn is just an extra mid. 
That's uh, correct. Max Gorn's almost a taller um, Cox from a few years ago. Just a tall midfield. And yeah. <clears throat> and uh, you would you would be mistaken for thinking Luke Jackson is an actual midfielder because he runs and moves like one. <clears throat> That's true. correct as well. Yeah, and, and maybe this is the way the ruck roll's going to go. There's probably, you know, we, we might have seen the death of just a pure tap ruck now. Like you need to be able to run, go forward, kick goals or whatever. So well, the, even, the role of the ruck could be changing yeah. as we watch... Over the next few years as well. But even even Father Time at St Kilda, the tap ruckman rider. I know he's getting on in years, hence why I call him Father Time. But even he's always been a bit of a possession getter, anyway. Correct. Yeah. And you can and you can run forward, <coughs> and you you got you, like you can run and be athletic and go forward and kick a couple of goals, and still actually get your butt handed to you. Um, and that's when your name is Reece Stanley. But we'll move on. <laughs> yes, all right. So, obviously, we've um, discussed um, our thoughts on midfielders medal. That Just one parting question before we move on to the review of the Brownlow. Should we have um, a medal for defenders or an award for defenders? Or do we I'll just... counter that with another question. We're going to have a... So, we've got the, the Coleman for the forwards, which is the most goals. The Brownlow is the midfielder. What's the criteria? Yeah, well, yeah. My, my thoughts are the obvious solution... Defe- that they defensive ca- 50, <clears throat> Well, the obvious solution for the scenario is that the best players are named in the All-Australian side, but we know what a friggin' mess the selectors make of that every year. Because that would be the obvious pat on the back, wouldn't it, for having a dominant season if you didn't win the Brownlow, wouldn't it? All yeah. What, if you, have, what <laughs> if you have a best defender for the year <coughs> and, a def- and a defender like a Baka Huli gets it? Be the same as a midfield getting the Brownlow. Yeah, that's yeah, right. well, that's it. That's what I mean. What's, flanker, what's yeah. the criteria? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a bit hard to gauge, isn't it? Because is say Jake Lever, <coughs> arguably the best intercept <coughs> defender in the competition, is he more valuable than say a Harris Andrews or a Stephen May? That's a more one-on-one type defender. So I think there's too many variables to go. We're just going to have a. Uh, an award solely for defenders. I don't know how you can um, measure the best defender. And like you yeah. said, mate, Bashar Hawley or a Christian Salem or a whoever uh, <coughs> running on the halfback flank, that would include them. So they're basically like another midfielder anyway. Well, I was going to say the Brelin middle could probably be won by a flanker as well as a midfielder anyway, depending on how good the flanker goes for the year. That is correct, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, you're right, but The obvious solution is sort out the All-Australian squad properly and... Mm-hmm. Then there's no. I, I don't think there's any arguments. If you're, um, not, in the, if you're not in the best six midfielders, <coughs> you don't deserve a spot on the wing <coughs> or half forward, do you? No, or in no, a forward pocket. Correct. Or in a yeah. forward pocket. <laughs> I, I still say Dan Butler got ripped off last year because they put too many mids in. But anyway, yeah. um, that's my bias coming through. Uh, Brownlow Middle Review. Did the right guy win it? <clears throat> oh, he did. So. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely, he did. He yeah. polled. He polled in sixteen of twenty-two <clears throat> games. So. Yeah. That speaks for itself, Eric. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the right guy definitely won it. Um, I think it was the right Quinella, four, too. What about four guys polling over 30 votes? Oh, that was bloody fantastic, <clears throat> I thought. That's a testament that tes- testament to what I was saying before, is that midfielders, midfielders just run around by themselves. And I'll yeah. say something here, talking about the votes and that, and this is not a shot at being anti-Melbourne or anything like that, but Melbourne will not have a Brownlow medalist when they've got... Oliver taking votes off Petrarca and Gorn taking votes off both of them. Like, I honestly don't think Melbourne's midfield will have a Brownlow medalist while you've got that scenario. They said, that about, they said that about Simon Blake, though. <clears throat> they said that about Jimmy Bartell. 
Yeah, but the game's and changed Gary since then. Game's mm, changed. The game has changed. I guess we'll need to uh, wait and see, but I think the the top three, that finished top three, I thought it was the right top three. But oh, Ollie Wines was definitely <coughs> the, the most deserving winner. When you poll 16 <coughs> out of 23 games, <coughs> you deserve to bloody win, don't yeah. you? Like that's that's exactly a bloody right. good effort. I actually I actually picked up on some inconsistencies by the umpires' votings. Um, there's quite a few games where certain midfielders' teams lost. Right, and they still got one or two votes. Yet, um, in close games, when a certain um, player that obviously would, I would have liked to have seen win, lots teams lost, but they still had a good game. And never got a vote. So there's still some very inconsistencies there. That's the that's <coughs> the that's the charm of the ground. That's part of the deal. Though. Yeah, so that's part. Not of everyone's it. going to agree, agree all the time. No. Like when uh, that yeah, Melbourne yeah. Adelaide game, where Adelaide got belted by forty points, and the Adelaide Paul Seedsman got the three votes, and another Adelaide yeah. player got one vote, and I thought <coughs> uh, Seedsman had a good game, but he wasn't the best player on the field that day. So, um, like to use a to use a soccer term, um, Woody would know this from from VAR. Um, yeah, sure, you get every decision right, but you don't have supporters on one side saying, <laughs> oh, that should have been a penalty or that wasn't a penalty. Either. That eliminates all that, and I think that takes a bit of the luster out of the, luster out of the would game. It, would the game be more or less exciting if we got everything 100% right 100% of the time? It would be more exciting, probably. No, if we got it right all the time. <clears throat> all the time. No. I think it would be no. less exciting. And well, less 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those stupid inconsistencies cost me money on sports. Bet, so. Me too as well because <laughs> I had Jack Steele and a Quinella with Ollie Wines. Um, I want to touch on a point that you brought up about Seedsman getting the votes in a 40-point loss or whatever. There are a lot of people out there that seem to think that if a team loses by five or more goals, the best player on the day can't be on the losing team. Well, can be. Have a look at Nathan Buckley in that grand final. They absolutely can be. Yeah. Um, and I remember... Um, a few years ago, myself and Philip, we ventured down to the MCG to watch a Carlton versus Melbourne game together. Carlton lost we by did. over Carlton lost by over a hundred points. Who was the best player on the day, though, Phil? Patrick Cripps. Is that is that when Patrick Cripps could actually play football? When he could play football, we lost <laughs> by over a hundred points. Those were the days. Carlton lost by over 100 points, but even Phil said to me on the way home, Patrick Cripps was everywhere. Worked his fucking ass off all and day. Yep, people, he was people everywhere. People go, oh, well, how can, how can you be the best player on the ground if your team loses? Well, it just <clears throat> in this instance, Patrick <clears throat> Cripps was the best player on the day. It's well, just the second best player through to the 23rd best player. Yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. wearing Melbourne. I'm, I'm yeah, sure if you look back at the tally of um, Lockett's votes in 87... Uh, we St Kilda, in a St Kilda weren't exactly in the grand finals they or finals. Flying, were they? No. And I'm sure he got a few best on grounds for kicking 12 out of 13 goals or something. You know what I mean? Uh, and just, I want to yeah. bring up another point too, because I've had a bit of a rant about the best best player not necessarily being on this team. After the Brownlow count, 7 AFL put on their social media things about um, Jack McRae. There was a game he got 37, oh, votes, yeah. uh, 37 touches and no votes, and there was another game he got 35 touches and no votes, and they're saying, oh, well, how can you get no votes with that? Well, just because you had touches doesn't mean you did anything with it. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that says, that's that says less to... about the umpires and more about... Uh, and uh, look, look, I, I understand I, I where they're the coming umpires, from, guys. The umpires actually, I believe, <clears throat> before they give their votes, actually <clears throat> get given the statute. <clears throat> Yeah, before, and yeah, I believe that skews the votes. Funny before, you say that. I was just just before you go, Jess. 
Yeah. I reckon those Western Bulldog supporters are playing the Tom Mitchell rule. Yep. I think so. Yeah. Just yep. one more one are, more definitely. one more important question on the round though before we move on. Southern Riverman, guys. How do you how do you how did you rate their uh, performance? Um, bon Scott spoke to me um, when I did a bit of a seance and it wasn't nice, it wasn't pretty. You think he was uh, <laughs> when you think Meatloaf was gonna be the worst uh, entertainment on the <laughs> AFL S broadcast, uh, that band I, I don't even know their name, mate. I'll try to just Su- uh, Southern Riverman. it out of my memory. Who do you think um, was the best performer on the night? Certainly not right south of the riverbed. I will tell uh, you. Ab- Ab- Abby Holmes performed pretty well. Uh, I was going to say um, Jackie Felgate for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my response to your Jackie Fel- Felgate is I'll raise your Mel McLaughlin. But anyway, that's yeah, a, yeah. That's, that's she wasn't whole... she wasn't part of the very low cover. <clears throat> I don't want to um, deviate too much, lads, because we're obviously pressed for time. But there is a bloke. The poll 30 votes on Sunday night. He's only 21 years old. He played in a team that finished 13th on the ladder. And that's Sam Walsh. Like when, like you mentioned earlier, mate, you don't, even when you're in a losing team, you can still get votes if you're good enough. And he is good enough. And he's only 21 years old. And <coughs> no wonder why you have got a laminated poster on your ceiling of him, Woody, because if I was a Carlton fan, I would not need my Pornhub subscription. I'd just be watching highlights of Sam Walsh. He's an, abs- he's an absolute bl- Do you remember, beauty, that player. I love remember him. Remember a few years ago before we drafted him, yep. Wayne Carey was saying, oh, Carlton should change their number one pick, trade their number one pick for guys like Thomas Bug and yeah. <laughs> package up a few of those players together. Um, yes. It doesn't matter how many players you package together. If they're crap players, it's just going to be a crap package. Do you think, um, uh, do you think Sam Walsh uh, Do you think Sam Walsh played in spite of David Teague last year? You know, you know, yeah. he'd be playing really well. In in effect, saying "fuck this guy." This guy, screw you! I'm going to get thirty off I, five touches. The, right. the challenge yeah. for Sam Walsh is to back it up. So, and I'm sure oh, he's exactly will. right. hundred oh, exactly right. percent. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's nothing <clears throat> to suggest that he won't. No, yeah. so far that the each year the graph is trending upwards. But yeah, he needs to continue but to back the, up. the graph was trending upwards for a certain Carlton captain for a while. It was indeed. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it just yeah. just seemed Anything to me. Anything can happen. Seemed to indeed. me that it seemed to me that he was just so pissed off about playing. The team. And the thing is, too he now so, he was so motivated. The thing yeah. is, too now next year, not that he hadn't been noticed. Next year, he'll get a lot more attention. Deservedly <clears throat> so too. Oh yeah, but that's where he's got to grow. He's got to grow. Yeah, from I that. think he, yeah, he will need to grow from that, and he'll learn. <clears throat> I know Jeremy said that no one tags anymore, but there will be points during the game where he gets tagged, and he's you got to. Oh yeah, you can't really, you can't really tag with all the zones and the rotation. No, you can't. You no. can't. No, but you, you can still you niggle for a whole game. stoppages. Yeah. You can yeah. still make sure if he's got the ball, you make sure that you tackle him. That yeah, putting contact on him and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are ways. He's just. Above all that, he's just a genuine workhorse. So even if an opposition coach is going to put time to him, it'll be much like Nick Rewalt back in his heyday. He will just work his opponent into the ground. As long as the... Nick Rewalt took the uh, Robert Harvey blueprint. On yeah, how just, get rid of taggers. just work harder. As long as they don't, as long as they don't go, don't follow the Port, Ad- Port Adelaide Lockie Neal script book of uh, giving him a hard time. Yeah, uh, they should be fine. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on. I think we've we've banged on enough about Brownlow medals and yet again the Carlton podcast. <laughs> we'll move on now. Melbourne and the Bulldogs have had a very very unique run into the grand final, as far as I'm concerned. The Bulldogs have done the Leyland Brothers and travelled all over the countryside. 
and brothers. Yes, and Melbourne have pretty much been on holiday in Perth after they got out of lockdown. Yep. But my question, a lot apart from that, that I discussed with Woody in the meeting, and Phil, you might, um, I'm interested to hear your opinion on this actually, is my only concern for Melbourne is by the time they play the grand final, it's five weeks and they've played two games. Yep. Right? Bulldogs have played every week, so they've got game form. I'm not saying, you know, Melbourne haven't played well in the games they've played or anything like that. Yeah. I exactly. think this week off, the, you know, the two-week period between the prelim and the grand final helps the Bulldogs more than Melbourne, just may very well be what shows the mental strength of Melbourne's my thoughts. What are, what are guys, what's your thoughts, Phil? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, mate. Um, I think basically finishing top of the table this year has been no advantage to the Ds just because of the way the season's panned with COVID and having the buy in the position that it is this year before the grand final instead of leading into the finals. It, it does concern me a little bit that, you know, we've played, what, one game in 28 days or, or whatever it is, and the Bulldogs, to their credit, they've travelled, what, I think it's something ridiculous, like 9,000 kilometres in 20 days, played th three games in whatever amount of days, and they, they've deservedly got themselves into a grand final. So they would possibly be got better to, by games too. Correct, yeah, mm. have found a lot of form. <clears throat> so I think any momentum that Melbourne had, after the big Geelong win, it's probably dissipated a little bit. But further to your point, mate, we're just going to see the um, how much mental maturity Melbourne have got yep. um, on, on Saturday night. And they've been doing uh, really rough 60-minute uh, training sessions to sort of get that game day yeah. uh, uh, simulation, I guess. But it's not... The same as going up against opposition. It's basically better than nothing, but it's not the it's same. It's not the real thing. So <clears throat> it'll be really interesting to see if that, at some stage of the game, if that um, comes into play. Yeah, I think it. I think it's lined us up for a ripper game because the Bulldogs. 100%. The Bulldogs for me are probably the only team that are probably capable of beating Melbourne in the grand final out of who finished in the finals. Tell you what, Correct Melbourne. Are, Melbourne are not going to fold like a cheap suit <clears throat> like uh, Port like Port Adelaide did. No, no, definitely not, mate. No, they'll turn uh, up. Yeah. I no, wouldn't want rain, though. Uh, neither would I, mate. No. Sorry. On the, that MCG game, you don't want rain. Nope. Um, Melbourne's, as you alluded to, two games in five weeks, whatever, not an ideal preparation. But I think it's nullified by exactly <coughs> how much Port Adelaide, uh, Port Adelaide, the dogs have travelled as well. So it's a it's in not an ideal preparation for either side. So... I think yeah, so it evens it out. It evens it out, and I think the the week off before the grand final, I actually hope that's here to stay. <coughs> I don't mind it. Well, um, I mean, would would Steve maybe getting up? Well, that's the that's sort of been the uh, I guess the saving grace of the D's, isn't it? He does that hamstring. If it's a week away, he doesn't play in the grand final. Two weeks, and he's basically. Um, 50-50. Well, well, yeah, he's 50-50. I think uh, I, I was lucky enough that the, the employer that I work for is a sponsor at the footy club, and the CEO was in a sponsor Zoom yesterday where they had a meeting, and he invited me to sit down with it, and they had Adam Muse on the Zoom, and he basically said that, you know, Steve May was at about, uh, I think, 90 95% yesterday, <laughs> and if he got through the final training session, he'd be fine, but they were really going to put him through his paces today, and he's come up fine. So if they're saying... <laughs> 
In my opinion, Steve May is 100%. Yeah, but if, he, if this game was last week... Would he, he doesn't play? play at all. Doesn't play that's at right. all. So and another bonus, another bonus for the week off as well is this 12-day concussion rule. Oh, correct, because so, same thing for Cody Waitman. He doesn't play in a grand final. If That's right. So I think it's a good thing. But And Jeremy <laughs> will um, see where I'm coming from here, being an NFL fan as well. Um, they have the week off before the Super Bowl. Um, and that just creates a bigger event. Um, the build-up to it's massive. Obviously, the NFL is <coughs> better than <coughs> AFL. But just that week off builds more suspense, more excitement. <coughs> And just as a little side note as well, if you have that week off, you can have your Brown though, you can have your All Australian Awards, whatever. Give them the attention they deserve. Yeah. Give them the attention <coughs> they can have the whole weekend to themselves. And it also opens up the door to bring back State of Origin in some capacity. Because yep. what, the, what the NFL do with their Pro Bowl is it's just Pro Bowl selections, which is essentially an all-star game um, from the players not in the Super Bowl teams. Yeah, it, it opens up. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I um, think I think that if the <clears throat> AFLs have been talking about or teasing how they can get State of Origin back for a few years, that's the perfect way to do it. <coughs> Agreed, my man. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it needs to be like a two-team system, like um, uh, oh. like an Ariel have. If it's just Victoria and South Australia, I'd just be happy with that. Yeah, other other states wouldn't, but uh, I, I think it would be. <coughs> The most probably well, Victoria, Victoria, and South Australia. Uh, sorry, state of origin's a nostalgic <laughs> thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> if you're going to harness that nostalgia, then it has to be Victoria and South Australia, doesn't it? Yeah, state of origin died. State of origin died when Teddy died because the old guys that played it that used to pump it, that sort of thing, they're dying off. As far as I'm concerned, that's probably right? a fair point. But we've got a new. <clears throat> there's a new audience <clears throat> to capture now. <clears throat> Um, and it's worth a shot, if nothing else. Um, my thoughts on Mr. May is two weeks is right on the knocker normally in normal circumstances. I would hate for him to be 100% as far as tests and that, and then in the game, bang. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, there, And it's, it, it's probably more probable than normal under the intensity of the way the game's going to start. I think given what's at stake, it's a risk well worth taking. <coughs> oh, oh, no, no doubt. But then you are also got to think smartly about who your medical sub is. Well, that's <laughs> thing I'm very curious to see. Do they list James Jordan again, who's basically been the sub most of the year? Do they bring in Jaden Hunt for pace? Or I'll be very, very surprised. Or not surprised... I'll probably be a little bit nervous if they got Joel Smith as a medical sub because if they got Joel Smith as a medical sub, that tells me that they are probably expecting Steve so, to break down at some stage of the I game. I think you have to go someone with a bit of versatility. Jaden yeah. Hunt probably fits the bill. Correct. So they've named the twenty. They've named the twenty-two unchanged. Unchanged. Yeah. So, but so, that, so they can change around the. Uh, the yeah. So the emergencies were uh, Melksham, Hunt, Joel Smith, and James <clears throat> Jordan. <clears throat> Who's, mm. who's your pick of those, Phil? Uh, I'd love to see Jaden Hunt just because, like you said, mate, he offers a bit of versatility. He has go, forward, a good, yeah. go forward, go back. Uh, if Lingers or uh, uh, Angus went down, he can play on the wing as well. Obviously, his disposal isn't as good as his, but he's got a good set of skates um, and can go forward and snag a couple too if we lost a forward as well. So I just think for a, a versatility point of view, if May went down, you could move Petty and Lever around to the keys in Norton and um, uh, Shaki, for example, 
and then you could just bring in Hunty and yeah. So I, I'd have Jaden Hunt as the midi sub if uh, if I was Goody. <laughs> yeah. Where, where, are you? How weary are you of the dogs? I'm oh, very weary, mate. <clears throat> Hundred. <Yeah. laughs> They're a bloody good outfit. Nah, um, yeah. Remember 2016 when they, they were seventh and, and no one gave them a chance to win the flag and look what happened. They're now fifth. They've been travelling across the entire country and they're now back in another grand final. So the last team to do it outside the top <coughs> four was the Doggies. So I think if you are a D's fan and you're not giving the Doggies any chance, you're very <coughs> foolish. Um, in saying that, I think that the D's will win, but... It's going to be a bloody good time. The, 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 doggies, uh, the doggies thrive off hurdles. This yeah, correct. Yeah, they yeah, love yeah. hurdles. That us, against, <coughs> that us against their mentality. And yeah. Me it's against the watching, world. Uh, watching the, watching the, the Melbourne prelim um, after, I got, after I got over my initial disappointment <laughs> about seven minutes into the game. Well, let's be honest. Uh, the uh, the uh, first was, viewing of it, your glasses would have been steaming and you wouldn't be able to see the frigging yeah, thing anyway. Yeah, wouldn't be able to see the thing. But, um, <coughs> I was just... I was just captivated by the just the amount of just like the perfect footy Melbourne was playing. I was like, "Geez, footy can't get much better than what Melbourne are playing right now." And then, and then the following night, the doggies trot that out. Um, so it leaves you in even more of an unsure. Well, it does because yeah. both teams played witches' hats. So yeah, I did exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's that's not. Being nasty to either the team that lost the prelims, but that's the way. Oh, I, the think, game I think credit credit's got to go to the dogs and the <coughs> too. They played, yeah. They, they played, they played footy, they exquisite played, football. Played footy that was uh, <laughs> that, that was on par with the the best I've seen in years. Yeah, probably um, psychologically the harder game was um, the Bulldogs playing with a Port Adelaide crowd versus a close to neutral in the other game. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, I, I think if you if you had a look around at the the crowd and off the stadium, it was predominantly um, Melbourne. But to the Bulldogs' probably, credit, probably not quite as scary as um, no. the Adelaide Oval. Though. To go to the Adelaide Oval and basically within seven minutes sink any hope of Port Adelaide making a grand final. Uh, yeah, it, it was great to watch, but also made me go, "Holy shit, Melbourne are Melbourne are a." Uh, in for a good old contest. Yeah, they're in, 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 in for a dog in for a dog fight. I think at Melbourne, the Melbourne. Um, I think any Melbourne supporters that were, or any any supporters at the Melbourne game that were neutral, yeah. would have been would have been cheering for Melbourne. hundred percent, my man. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> I, if we were playing Port Adelaide this fortnight, and I don't want to come across as arrogant, but I would be so confident Melbourne going to win because Port Adelaide had a very soft draw after the bye. They had. Nine out of their last 11 games, so nine wins. Of those nine wins, uh, seven, uh, uh, nine of those wins are all outside the uh, top eight, I believe. And the two losses they had were against Geelong and Melbourne. So they got a pretty soft draw home to catapult them to second or third, wherever they finished. I love and, it just, and it showed in their finals performances. Like I know they dismantled Geelong, but then you look at what Geelong did. Uh, <coughs> Melbourne and then yeah Port didn't turn up in that prelim and once again they they choked and <laughs> there's Port, no other Port way to pretty much it. stole one of those games that they won in that second half of the season Correct. off the Bulldogs after the siren near enough didn't they 
Yeah, it was and, very, and all, it was they also they just <clears throat> fell across the line against Adelaide <clears throat> too, so they were pretty lucky to be in the the position they were come round twenty three. They had they had everything going for them in that prelim. They were <clears throat> they, they were at home. They were at home. <clears throat> they had a week off. Everybody was healthy. They they had zero excuses. One yes. thing that stands out for me for Port though is Robbie Gray is considered one of their best ever players, and um, for me he's a downhill skier. Um, and I think that showed in that prelim final too. Yeah. Think, uh, I've got Little mongrel cost me a multi. <clears throat> <laughs> Another thing about Port, um, I think a couple of ex-players, Warren Trudor and Kane Corns, were really scathing on the club. And the club... Well, probably so. Okay. Well, 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 the club seemed to have got upset by it. It was like, why are our ex-players doing this? Was it, to which, was it justified? To which both... To which both um, so with both both Treadway and Corns replied, I think Port need to harden up a bit if they're worried about what we think. That's right. Which really only just proves their point, doesn't it? <clears throat> yeah. Now I want to want to go off on a bit of a different track here. We've been talking You're about right. Melbourne. I want to swing it to the dogs <clears throat> for a minute. Um, especially the last few years, um, Dustin Martin's status in the game has been elevated because he seems to save his best performances for the biggest games and the biggest stage, which is September. Um, how would Luke Beveridge's standing be as far as coaches go um, if he managed to win another flag from outside the top four? Um, would he become the one of the better or the best finals coach that we've seen? Given better than the Clarkson. Current, given that the current system <coughs> is... Stacked <clears throat> in the favour of finishing top four, and you're not meant to be able to win it from outside the top imagine, four. Imagine if Bevo won four flags. How would that go down? Um, <laughs> I, I'd argue Bevo's two. If Bevo won, but he can win two two flags <clears throat> from outside the top four. Yep, that is monumental. That would oh, be, yeah, I'd say it definitely put him in the conversation, wouldn't well, it? Well, you'd, you'd reckon his two flags from those positions, if he was to win um, Saturday, have yep. to outweigh four flags from Clarkson finishing. That's, with groups that Woody could coach. And as far as that, <clears> club, <throat> as far as that club's <clears throat> concerned, he'd, be, uh, he'd have a statue <clears throat> pretty and much. I think a deserved statue too. Well, considering the, the lack of success, the, the dog <clears throat> is right. As I said, we judge, we judge players <clears throat> on how they perform on the biggest stage. Um, if we judge the coaches the same way, I think <clears throat> Beveridge winning <clears throat> two flags outside the Top four would be stacked up against anyone. But so did, didn't he do an apprenticeship under ever. Clarkson? Oh, well, that's probably where it all started. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's really, it's really a Clarkson flag. Uh, so Clarkson's going to have six flags if that was uh, the case. We can't, we can't keep going with this pod without just giving Clarko his due on uh, on uh, de- developing all these coaches. We should all actually thank him. Should, well, no, all I can say to Clarkson is no, 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 goodbye, I'm glad you're No, no, um, and look, um, Doggies have only made their fourth grand final in the history, so uh, that right there says enough about... Well, geez, if they were to win that, they've got a good strike rate, make a granny and they win um, 75% of them. Not bad at all. Not bad at all, is uh, it? I think yeah. 50, 54, they played each other in a grand final, <coughs> Melbourne Dogs. They did, yeah. Doggies <coughs> won that one, yeah. Yep. Yes. Lee's turn, I think. All right, so, uh, look, that's, that's probably enough on that topic. We've now got...
Two players from each club that goes under the radar. We're going through all... Oh, just the two grand two, final teams. Two, two oh. grand final teams, two players that don't get the accolades but do their job um, compared to the, you know, the Bonts and the Petrarchas, those sort of guys. So do we want to go around, we'll give Melbourne first and then everyone will give <coughs> their, their two from Melbourne and then everyone will give their two from the Dogs. Yep. yep. So go, Tim. Oh, me. Uh, no, I'm going to have a coughing fit. Uh, <laughs> yep, oh. go, I'll go. Um, uh, Ed Langdon. I think he. I think getting getting him to the club has proved a pretty uh, master. Not only he's like a Jaden Hunt um, with his running ability, but he can also deliver the ball as well. So big fan of big fan of Ed Ed Langdon and also Alex Neil Bullen. Oh, I like that one. One of the one one of the ground ball brigades who actually does get a bit of the pill now. Um, and he's what just one a uh, couple of him with him with Spargo and Cozzy Pickett. Uh, those those three guys were part of the reason Geelong's defense got absolutely dismantled yep. on pre on prelim night. Uh, correct, Philip. Uh, 110% correct, mate. Um, what do you got? I, I, I will be in agreement with you with Alex Neil Bullen, mate. I think he uh, he's just been brilliant for us this season in the forward line and uh. For everything you said about uh, Nippler, I 100% agree. And another one, although I think he's probably starting to get a bit more kudos now, would be Christian Salem. He's a beautiful kick off halfback. Um, he's <coughs> probably the best kick in the team, I reckon. <coughs> underrated, ta- um, underrated tackler, too. Underrated. It's got a bit of mongrel bastard about him, too. So I would go with uh, Salem and uh, Neil Bourne well, for me. Funny mate. you say that. I was thinking to myself why well, I had myself muted with the coughing fit. Who's that guy with that terrible hair dye? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same and, one, yeah. Because I think because he's one of mine. But the other yeah. one is probably gets a little bit more um, kudos than some of the guys you've mentioned. But I like Bailey Fritch. <sighs> oh, see, that's where I. That's exactly yeah. where I was going. Where, oh, he, he doesn't get. He doesn't get the, weak he doesn't, the knees. <laughs> he doesn't get the kudos of you know your your best half dozen, right? But he's not far off that half dozen, so he might. I might be being a bit unfair saying him to the other guys, but I I could see him probably kicking five goals in the grand final. There you go. I, um, yeah, he could do that too. I'm actually probably a bit, no. I'm actually probably yeah. a bigger Bailey Fritch fan than Phil. You are, mate. Um, yeah, you love him. <laughs> you're um, on him in his Casey days, mate. I was. You're right. Um, I was going to say Bailey Fritch and Ed Langdon. Seems how they're already off the board as such. I'm going to say Trent Rivers. Yes. Very solid. Um, just nothing special about him. He that just does solid his as a job. Yep. Does his job week in, week out. Just ridiculously reliable. Um, I want to mention Jack Viney, although he's not really a sung, unsung hero as such. It's just worth mentioning. Um, but I think he had a really good start to the year and he's been a bit quieter since. But... I think a guy that could really have a big impact is James Harms. Yeah, Harmsy, Harmsy will be given oh, it. Yeah. When 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 Harmsy's given a task, given a task, he just yeah. he, he normally comes through, doesn't he? He does. Oh. Yep. What this what this says about Melbourne is these type of players we're talking about. <clears throat> they they're the reason Melbourne took a giant leap this year. That's right. It's not because we know we know we know who Petrarca we know who Petrarca and Oliver and that is. It's because of these players that's why Melbourne made the leap. All right. So there is another team playing in the game. 
and it is the Western Bulldogs. <laughs> we haven't talked about the dogs at all. The, art, the artist formerly known <laughs> as um, Footscray. Footscray. Yep. We'll go with Jez first. <clears throat> all right. Um, Low-key, uh, Josh Shackey, since he's been in the side, has been really effective. Uh, first, he was in the side of the back line, and he actually uh, acquitted himself quite well in the back line, took a lot of intercept marks. Uh, how since... big a role, sorry to cut you off, Jez, but how big a role, because Melbourne won the prelim final pretty, uh, sorry, the Bulldogs won their prelim final pretty early in the piece. How big a role and how much of a masterstroke was it from Beveridge to put Shaki on a lead? So I, I, think I agree. That, 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 I, is, that is what set him up. I think for that reason, I think Shaki would be in Bevo's votes if Bevo was given votes. Yeah, because um, he gave he gave Shaki with a little bit of help from Tim English. He gave uh, gave Shaki a job to do on a Lear. Yep, and he, he, just... he made a Lear accountable. Yep, yeah. And Aaliyah as soon did... as he put anybody on him or any pressure, uh, Aaliyah 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 had any part. absolutely nothing. Aaliyah that was a want... masterstroke. Aaliyah from Aaliyah didn't want any part of Shaki's uh, body um, work. Did he? And if you're no. if you're Luke Beveridge, are you toying with putting Shaki on Lever to do a similar role? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, also uh, Bailey Rooms doesn't get talked about enough either. Uh, gets a lot of the ball and de- de- delivers it very well. Mm. They've got a few mm. Baileys at the dogs, don't they? They do as a Bailey, yeah. yes. Bailey's Bailey they love, Bailey they love themselves Bailey. a Bailey. Yeah. But, but very, very unsung Bailey Williams, but I think he's a, he'd be one of the first picked. Yep. All right, Phil, hit us. Uh, I have Rourke Smith. This is a bloke that gets drafted in the rookie drafts in 2015. It's delisted in 2017, re-rookied, and it's basically been getting one-year deals every year, and he's cemented a spot on the side. And, um, yeah, I just think, yeah, he just plays a role. He just does his job week in, week out. He's severely underrated, I think. And my second one's Mitch Hannon. This is uh, a bloke that could just be like Frida. He could easily come out Saturday night and kick five goals off his own boot. He's a uh, very, very solid player when he's on. So it'd be Mitch Hannon and Rourke Smith for me. <clears throat> All right. Um, for myself, I know he's come from another club, um, but I believe he has to get um, under the radar and do a number for the Bulldogs to win, and that's Stefan Martin. I think he's a key. <clears throat> he, he's the key to the car for the Bulldogs. If he can um, do a bit of bashing and crashing and that into Gorn throughout the four quarters, it may... Go may go uh, positive towards sort of nullifying him a bit. He'll give <coughs> much more of a run around than uh, than, than uh, Reece Stanley. Yeah, uh, Martin will jump into him and whatever. Like, and and that's what he's got to do. He's got to make um, Gorn earn his earn his um, possessions, his taps, etc., like that. And probably the other guy that gets under the radar a bit <coughs> is I'm just looking. Oh, geez. It's, it's a hard one with the dogs because they're all pretty consistent. I'll actually um, <clears throat> go go on another limb on someone else who has to perform for him to win. I'm going to go off Keith. Uh, Alex Keith, yeah. yeah. Back, back <clears throat> in the side as well after doing yep. it. And, and, under and, hamstring cloud as well. And he's probably comes under the passenger um, label that um, Josh Bruce does, um, Woody, as we move on to you for your players. <laughs> Just a, a little inside joke there. Um, I'm going to just start off by saying I'm not going to pick him as, as one, but a guy that's been doing it for a few years for the dogs that's finally got some recognition 
one T Liberatore. Is um, there, is finally, there a finally getting some recognition. If he play, if he plays well, the dogs play well. Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> He's their lamb picking mm-hmm. these yep. days. <clears throat> but I was going to go with Alex Keith, but Tim's thrown him out there, so that's fine. Um, a bit bittersweet for you seeing Mitch Hannon line up against the D's, Phil? Yeah, yeah, it is, mate. Um, <coughs> I think Frida and <coughs> Hannon were playing that same sort of role <coughs> at the club um, and, and to a lesser extent, Melksham. So I think he got he, he got an offer from Melbourne, but a better offer to the doggy, so yeah. you can see why he left. So, yeah, it's bittersweet because I rate the guy. He was, he was well, he, he was. He's still a very, very good player when he's on. He's been uh, been excellent for the dogs. Yeah, so. 100%, man. Um, I'll say first up, Bailey Dale. He is um, a delight to watch, really. I love the way he plays. And you can't, um, you can't not pick a Bailey out of that squad. No, that's right. There's like 17 of them to pick from. Um, but, yeah, Bailey Daly, he can do the job um, in terms of one-on-one and win the contest, but he can also rebound and give drive off the, the back 50. He could play in all three parts of the ground. I really think he could. Um, and another one, he's been at the Dogs for a few years, um, but started off at Hawthorne, Taylor Jaray. Just a solid <laughs> stopper. He does his job. He, get, he gets given a task and he does it. That's right. But you can't you can't get to grand finals without guys that just do their job week in week out. And I think that's, and that's why, what Taylor Jaray <coughs> does, and that's why they're both where they are. I think I think that's where um, in the years of like 2015-16, where the GWS Giants fell down a bit. They didn't have those guys. They, <coughs> they're not. No, they, they had, had their, they had their stars, but not the guys willing to just grind it out. Yeah, yeah, they had too many too many guys, and uh, I think that was I think that was part of the part of the downfall. Yeah. Note to self: if I'm ever playing in a cricket team with Woody, don't let him have the score sheet, the scorebook. Because he, he gave us four players. Yeah, right? correct. He can't yeah, add up. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I said I'm not nominating these guys. I just yeah, wanted mentioning them. Just pumping yeah. them up a bit. Yeah. 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 Either way, you, we'd be confused at the result. We're probably on one um, scorebook, won by a run, and on the other, lost by twenty. But anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh, it's, it's just, it's just <laughs> like a, a UFC <laughs> judges scorecard, really, isn't it? No, no difference. Uh, no different at all. So we've come to the final couple of discussion points, which is like any good old grand final um, podcast, who's going to win and why, and then um, the prediction for the Norm Smith medal. So I think we'll hold Phil off for last, seeing he's got a vested interest in the game. I think that's fair. I'll just, um, I'll just, I'll start with mine because I'm not going to put too much thought into it. Um, Who wins for me? Um, Bulldogs just. Why? Because I've got a little 10-year-old that barracks for him. And um, <laughs> I, I, in all honesty, that's what I mean. Like, I agree with Sam and Don on their podcast. It's a fool's game trying to predict a winner of a grand final. But um, that's why I would be picking the Bulldogs. And also, they have had hurdles before and they've got to the Holy Grail. Jeremy? Yeah, <clears throat> I think I've also probably got personal selfish reason, reasons because uh, a lot of people who are very close, near and dear to me uh, uh, staunch <coughs> Melbourne supporters I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll be going for them uh, Melbourne by about 25 points and uh, I, I'm not going to muck around with trying to throw a left field Norm Smith medalist in and just go with the obvious it'll be Christian Petrarca You reckon that's the obvious? Alright Yep 
Over to Woody. Um, <clears throat> as, as Tim alluded to, and Jeremy a bit as well, you generally, as a neutral going into these games, um, it, it's, it is ridiculous trying to pick or saying this team will win, whatever, but everyone's got generally some sort of sentimental reason. Um, for that, for me, it's Melbourne. One of my best mates is a Melbourne fan. He died about five years ago. He would be absolutely pumped to see them playing this week, so I'll be cheering them on for him. Um, I actually think they'll do it comfortably in the end. Um, so I've got Melbourne by 32 with Jack Viney winning a Norm Smith. Mm. Uh, paying $21 on Sportsbet. See, oh, my, my only thing about it is I don't think it's going to be a comfortable win, whoever wins. So I think it's going to be as tight as a fish's ass. <clears throat> you may well be right. Phil. Uh, I, I think Woody's just basically uh, read my mind. Uh, I think uh, <coughs> Diesel win. Um, <coughs> I don't even want to give a margin. I'll, I'll just say the D's. I, I just can't call it. It could go, either go yeah, a few ways out. I it, think it the doesn't D's, matter if they win by 60 points or one point, does it, Phil? No, nah, at the end of the day, I'd be happy for them to win by a point. Um, <coughs> so, I, you know, I'll just go... Uh, Ron Barassi was our last premiership captain. He wore 31, so I'll say D's by 31. But I'm with you, mate. Uh, there is a bloke that plays for Melbourne, and in his last two finals, he's averaging 30 touches, averaging about 18 contested possessions. That, that's Jack Viney. Since he got to the club, all he's ever wanted to do is bring success to the football club. He is built for September footy. And I'd be very surprised if Jack Viney doesn't have a Norm Smith medal around his neck on Saturday night. I didn't mention my Norm Smith medalist. And if the dogs win, I actually think um, the Bont's going to pull his finger out of his ass. I think he'll pull his finger out of his ass and he might kick four goals from the midfield. Yeah, he could easily do that too. None of us will be surprised to see that happen. No. Uh, if it if it happens, do you reckon in presenting the cup, you might see a couple of tears in uh, Gary Lyons? Oh, uh, I reckon you might see a couple of tears in uh, Gary Lyons' eyes. What are uh, the odds? What are the odds? Um, does Sportsbet have a market for Gary Lyon to not even hand over the cup and just keep it himself? <laughs> well, that, that that'd probably be about a dollar twenty. Or, or Gary Lyon, to, Gary Lyon to celebrate and sing the song with all the players and not even get off the stage. <laughs> so, uh, See, why um, William Brownless did just that? <laughs> I must say, I must, I must be a mongrel because I don't see the wonderfulness of Gary Lyon being the guy who gives the cup. To be honest, um, no, I think, uh, I think, I, I think half, there's some half others be, half because he's there. I think, yeah, I think there was really no one else that was a what would you say a prominent Melbourne person that was in person. I don't the, know that for a fact. Two but. of the ideal guys for it is either Ron Barassi or um, Neil Denner. Yeah, I don't think they could get him over to Perth because <coughs> no, I guarantee, right. ideally for me, what I would have loved was for Jimmy to still be here and obviously Jim Steins to hand the cup over, but that's obviously <coughs> impossible. Well, the, so, the, my, the, so I was going to say the, per, the perfect one, Phil, while you're on that tangent, is yeah. um, another guy that's not with us any longer, probably Melbourne's Robbie greatest, yes, Melbourne's greatest well. player. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a shame <coughs> as a D's fan because probably all the ones that are deserving of handing the cup uh, I'm no longer with us, but if it was in <coughs> Melbourne, I would guarantee that it would either have been Neil Danaher or Ron Barassi handing the or cup. Or both. 
or both, which would have been a really nice touch too. Say, yeah, say what you want about Gary Lyon, but at least it's not Ashley Barty hanging out hands over the cup. <laughs> well, that's it too. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, Jeremy. I actually rate Ashley Barty as a human being more than what I do. Uh, Gary so, Lyon. Do, so do I. So, so do I. So do I. I just didn't <clears throat> see the. Uh, <clears throat> didn't see the point in. Well, it should be a cracking match. I, I would argue Ashley Barty shows a lot more heart and soul when it comes <laughs> to her sport than what Gary Lyon does in his life after football. Uh, my, my opinion had nothing to do with Gary Lyon. It's just that he should have been a football person. Anyway. Yeah, all good. Either a football player or a football administrator or someone that's given mm-hmm. to the game. Would it would have been ideal? That, that was my only gripe with <clears throat> Ashley Barty. Nothing, nothing personal against her. So I'm going to go on a tangent, but like, mate, if and when St Kilda get their next and win a flag, mm, mm. who would you have as the person handling it? First of all, go on tangents. It doesn't matter. I, yeah. I just used that word before because I just wanted to get the Robbie Flower thing in. <clears throat> yeah. Who, but who, if, if you're St <clears throat> Kilda, because obviously Rob Harvey now <clears throat> would probably be one, but he's an assistant coach elsewhere, which I'll, shouldn't really factor in. But who would you have as the St Kilda person well, handing the cup? I'm going to jump in and say plugger. Hypothetically, no. hypothetically, <clears throat> hypothetically, if they <clears throat> say that, say they make the grand final in twenty twenty two. Yes. Yeah. Um, would it be out of place for Anita Frawley to do? Uh, yeah. Yep. I was going to say absolutely not. I think. I think it would be. <clears throat> uh, I don't think there'd be too many that disagreed with it. Even, even though, even though, I know, I was just begging, begging out Barty to do it. Um, no, nah, uh, but, but it was. There's it, a legitimate tie with Anita, though. Yeah, there there's is, a, yeah, there's an argument, but I don't. I think there's other ones worthy before her. Um, the ideal guy to answer your question, Phil, was the guy that was set up for 2009, and I actually walked past him because I was at the grand final. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but he's probably the greatest St Kilda player of all time, and that was Daryl Bordock. He would have been yes. the ideal one. Yeah, obviously, obviously, because he can't. I would go for the best centre man ever to play the game, and that would be in Stewart. In Stewart, Ooh, in I Stewart. like that one. There you go. Yeah. And even though, and even he's though, from the '66 Premiership team as well. Yeah. Even though he wouldn't be scheduled <clears throat> to hand over the cup, I think, <clears throat> I think uh, Shane Warne would probably just force himself down there and, yeah. <laughs> and just give it. I think. Eric, <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's at the MCG, he pretty much owns property there. So yeah, he pretty um, much owns the G. He can go wherever he yeah. wants at the MCG. Yeah. yeah. But I don't uh, think there'd be one St Kilda fan that would be disappointed if it was Ian Stewart or someone else from the 66 side, even if it was Cowboy Neal. Yeah. Someone from the 66 side. Because yeah, people forget, be... Cowboy Neal kicked five goals in that grand final. They I, was gonna, remember... I was going to say Cowboy Neal. Yeah. <clears throat> and they always remember Barry Breen kicked the winning point. So, yeah. you know. I'm trying, yeah. to re- I'm trying to remember who the cat said. I think that was Doug, <clears throat> Doug Wade. Bobby did it. Bobby did it. Bobby Davis. Bobby Davis. Yeah, yeah, he did yeah seven, Bobby didn't Davis he? did one, didn't he? Yeah, Doug, Bobby <coughs> Davis, Doug, Doug Wade, and <coughs> I, f- I forget who the one in 09 was. Or was that Bobby? No, Bobby was 09. Did, it, did um, friggin' in the most recent one, did um, your um, ex-captain do it? Went to Sydney. He's at Sydney as a... Uh, oh, Tom, Tom Harley. Yeah, Tom didn't Harley, Harley do it? No, I don't. In, in 2011. No, that was Doug, one of them? No, uh, that was Doug Wade. One of the ones he didn't play in, that's all. 2007, no. was that Billy Brownless? No, it wasn't Billy. He was no, just, no. he was standing in the, <coughs> he was standing in the players' race, balling his eyes out. <coughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <coughs> yes, well, I guess to wind up, um, there's been a few people made uh, decisions to uh, move on. 
Uh, one is Billy Brownless. He's no longer going to be on the um, Sunday Quiz show, which is a shame. That show will go drop in ratings, but it has got ratings for sure because I think everyone loves He's still Billy. with Triple M, though. <clears throat> yeah, M. yeah, I think he's just stepping away from um, television. Um, I, I'm sure he'll pop up on Fox Sports with his, um, um, was it, um, sports bet sort of segment and that sort of stuff. But um, looks like he's gone. And also, I think it's very important that um, as a football community, we think about Neil Danaher when, if Melbourne oh, wins. I thought, you, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say Clark early. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Neil Danaher. Yeah, well, he was an assistant under, <laughs> under Neil, wasn't he? Yeah, but, but it's interesting. One thing I will say is the amount of people that say, oh, I hope they do it for Neil and that. Do they forget the 100-plus games he played for Essendon? But anyway, um, yeah, it's, he's not a pure Melbourne person, but he is a Melbourne person. Um, and that. And um, is there anyone else that's leaving the game that you can or can't be at the grand final that you would love to have seen their guys? Uh, Eddie McGuire. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've got, got a feel for him. A, yeah, had, yeah, yeah, we'll pour a drink out for Ed. <laughs> that he, that he can't Eddie and his sons that are his assistants. His sons yeah, that are part of his crew. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. My, my two that I would have loved to have seen the grand finals, Ron Barassi and Neil Danaher, mainly <clears throat> because uh, Danaher probably hasn't got too many, <clears throat> too much time with us left. Um, and Ron Barassi is obviously getting on in age. So and I, I would have loved to have seen Barassi and Danaher there. Funny you say that. A lot of people um, say you will never meet a better gentleman than Ron Barassi. Top bloke, I've actually been lucky enough to speak to you in a few Queen's birthday matches and very lovely man, uh, very generous with his unless time you're too, being, so. unless, you're, unless you're playing for North Melbourne in the 70s and you're being coached for <laughs> yeah. Well, I know, I know firsthand from someone I used to know that used to work at the Herald Sun when Brassy was there and he's the sort of guy he'd hold the lift open for the ladies. Um, a, a few years ago, he got bashed on New Year's Eve for standing up for women. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a genuine gentleman of the game and of the world. So, yeah, no, 100%. Um, Bulldogs-wise, I can't think of anyone that would like to be at the game, that we would like to see at the game. Um, uh, Scott, Scott, Scott West. Scott West. Are you hoping? Um, uh, Scott West is still shitty with the club because they didn't play his son. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's, he's in fact got a Collingwood membership now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Dougie yeah. Hawkins, I'd love to see Dougie Hawkins <clears throat> get up see, there. Yeah, Dougie, Dougie would Dougie would be a lovely person to give him the cup because he's probably yeah. nearly the Bulldogs' greatest player not to win a cup. I'd argue. Yeah, yeah. I think not that Chris <clears throat> not that Chris, not that Chris, Chris Grant is undeserving because he's <clears throat> one of the Bulldogs' greatest ever players. But yeah, I think he was like Gary Lyon. The circumstances of that he's there and he's available because he works for, he Correct. works at the club. Yeah, but he's no. cer- he's certainly not a in my opinion, he was never as good a footballer as the Hawk, but he was still a good footballer. No, no love for Daniel Southern. <clears throat> Danny Southern, there's the. <laughs> is he not? Is he not uh, residing in Perth now? In WA. He comes no, from no WA. Idea, does, doesn't he come from WA originally? I thought he did. Yeah. Oh, get him on the phone. There's still a couple of days. He could just bring out a. He could bring out a python with him. And yeah, just while, yeah, just while he's uh, while he's handed over the cup, isn't there still a warrant out for his attempted murder of Peter Sumich? Well, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Maybe over in Perth, maybe him and um, Peter <coughs> Sumich could catch up and have a beer together. Could, instead of the band post match, that, that <coughs> could just be Sumich versus Southern. <laughs> yeah, celebrity death. Set, oh, set, yeah. set up, set up, an octagon or something. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that hang around. When, when the band when the bare knuckle fighting championship comes to Australia, if it ever does, we'll have them as the main event. Yeah, sounds good. I, I think yeah. I think Danny'd have him covered. To be honest, 
interesting. Thoughts? Are we happy with the commentary team, JB? And uh, I, I wouldn't. Happy is not. A... <clears throat> is it, is yeah. it on Channel Seven? It is on Seven, of course. Yeah. Do you, no, do, we're not. The question <laughs> is: well, there you go. Do you give it a pass more so than being happy? <clears throat> it's not. They're not. So it's Hodgie, uh, Abby, BT, and uh, uh, Jimmy Brayshaw. Daisy, yeah. is she part of it? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Actually, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Yeah, I know. So it's you... in WA. Surely they could have got um, Dennis to come in for, one, for a one-off final yeah. hurrah. Yeah. Uh, if the great ambitious that if the uh, if, gun if the, barrels straight and if the and if the southern river band are, if, if the southern river band, river band are anything to go by uh, we're in for a rollicking uh, grand final. Of what band. I will say is, considering it's Channel Seven, thank the Lord that they did not give us Basil Zemplis. Because <laughs> I hey. tell you what, that guy makes your ears bleed. I was no, sick of uh, hearing not, his voice on Brownlow night. Do not do not speak too soon. Uh, I, I, I'm sure Basil. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm sure Basil will be part of the uh, part of the coverage in some. Oh dear God, he'll be up in the rafters. You know where they do all the friggin' um, you can pay to abseil down. They'll have him up there. Who would no. be the best? Caller, who who do we have then, lads? It's a bit of a conversation piece. Who'd be the best caller? So obviously we apparently oh. get our best umpires to officiate. <coughs> Who'd be the best caller that we have at the moment to call the game? Well, I'd say I'm a Bruce lover. I love Bruce. So oh. I'd, I'd say. Are we talking just Channel Seven or in general? Nah, of all the callers, radio, TV, oh, whatever. I'll yeah. give you Stephen Quartermain. Oh yes, Anthony oh. Hudson. Jared Whiteley. Jared Whiteley and Peter Donigan. Oh, that that get me rigid listening to that. I've got to say, like, especially Hudson, Anthony <clears throat> Hudson, to think that he's been doing it for nigh on thirty year, uh, twenty twenty-four years now, whatever it is. Uh, he, he's a he's a beauty. I think if he was if he was if he was still with us, Tim will agree with me here. Clinton Grivers. Clinton Grivers. Oh, mate, <clears throat> by the length of Flemington Strait. Yeah. He was going yep. places he wouldn't even be. If he was with us, he wouldn't be with us, if you know what I mean. He'd be over in the US or somewhere. Yeah, in another strategy. On the yeah. bigger and better mm. things. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll go on a limb here. I would sooner Eddie Maguire over the guys that are on the Channel 7 one. Eddie Maguire is actually a good commentator if it's not a Collingwood game. Yeah, yeah, he's I mean. actually a great caller, yeah. No, yeah. And I'd be happy with that. And yep. he, anchors your, he anchors your commentary, um, yep. and it's actually, a if, to me, it's a breath of fresh air compared to listening to Bruce for... 40 years or whatever it's been. Yeah. <clears throat> um, over under, how, over under, how many times in the pre-match interviews is somebody going to say they're going to crack in? Uh, over under four or five? Over. Um, over. And you over could five? triple that for <clears throat> them saying um, he's got a great story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, a, like, a, like, like, a, like Andrew Cracker had the great story. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. um, are we of any chance of a roaming Brian, or is he buggered up with COVID? Jeez, you'd hope not. No. Um, <clears throat> I'm wondering. I like how everyone just went quiet then. That got yeah, the exact yeah. response it deserved. Um, Perfect. I'm trying to think of some over and unders. Um, you know why uh, most people talk to him on the Roman Brian? Because they're all frigging shit scared he's going to hook them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I do like that one. It, it, it's a good story. <clears throat> what, what I will miss is Bruce McAvaney uh, doing some coverage. Yeah, so uh, he's a good player, isn't he? Oh, that was a good kick, wasn't it? They're, they're did the you, ones did I you, 
So you'd you'd <clears throat> miss Bruce McAvaney doing that, would you? It was sarcasm. <laughs> I'm one of the rare ones I've never rated Bruce. I still yeah. love Bruce as a caller, and I think the telecast is less <laughs> if they're not. You know, you know one thing we learn about Bruce this year? He may have uh, lost a couple <clears throat> of yards as a footy commentator, but as an athletics commentator, he's still at the top of his game. Oh, and, and horses. God, gee, he loves the ponies. No, no offence uh, with the athletic side of things. They had him um, well supported in everything he commentated. Uh, they did, uh, but he still knows his stuff. <clears throat> How many, how many over over under? How many, how many uh, VFL players do you see wanting to get their beak on TV? <coughs> when they're twenty-seven. When, when they when the when the players getting interviewed after the game. Uh, I'll go. Uh, what was the over under? I, I'll, I'll say over under uh, six or seven. I'll go under. Yeah. Yeah. Under. Yeah. Yeah. overlooks one great commentator of the past too, guys. That would have been. Jim Offit. No. Oh, Jim Lane. Yes, Jim Lane, yeah. yeah still, yes. still very, very good. <clears throat> yeah. And um, a Carlton man, but you wouldn't know. No. And that's the no. thing, too, even with um, Anthony Hudson. He's a Geelong yeah. supporter. But you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. Stephen Quartermain's a Hawthorne man. You wouldn't know it. No. Same with Jared Waitley being a Geelong man. Wouldn't know it. Very, very good at what they do. Probably, probably the um, one guy um, in all sports media is now retired that um, a lot of people scratch their heads for years to try and work out who he barracked for, and that was Mike. Yeah, Mike Sheen, Melville, yeah. yeah. Uh, Rob, Robert, Robert Walls, <coughs> actually, you wouldn't know. I'm pretty sure you'd know, he'd, particularly if uh, Carlton would play. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Uh, yeah. Wolsey, Wolsey would never hold back on Essendon criticism with, uh, with <laughs> Mel playing Carlton. And he was try, trying to hide it like he was sneaky as well, but everyone yeah. just saw through it. Someone yeah, was he was actually a good commentator. Um, oh, he was. And especially when Channel 10 had the rights. Yeah. Sometimes he'd forget he was a commentator and think, <clears> he, was, <throat> think he was a coach and someone, <laughs> would a, and someone would do a really poor effort and he'd just lambast them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and I like, think ah, the, everyday, the everyday um, keyboard warrior loves that, so <laughs> it would have worked well. I'd go as far as saying when Channel 10 had the commentary for free-to-air coverage, they probably have had the best uh, commentary that we've had. Well, as they well had Hutto and Quartermain at the time as well. Yeah. Robert yeah. Walls. Like, you know, Leo, Barry, you star, like all that sort of stuff. It's, yeah, awesome. Yeah, they did. Very, very uh, well. Actually, speaking <coughs> of Leo, Barry, you star, just um, very quest quick question without notice. What is, let's go the last 25 years, the most memorable grand final moment, just one play. There's a, there's only one play, and that's uh, that's uh, Max Rook Max Max Rook commandeering the uh, the the drivable stretcher and just driving it around <laughs> uh, post match, and then and then the uh, then the then the paramedics coming up to him. And well, well, to get, well, get well let, let's bring it back between a moment between the first and the last slide. Oh, yeah. um, to me, the best grand final moment, and I hate the team, but I love the pie eater, Toe was um, Stewie Jew in that um, grand final where he had that third quarter of just magic. Yeah. Geelong never thought he was going to be a factor, and he... I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see <clears throat> your Stuart Jew and, uh, and raise you a Gary Ablett. Uh, Maddie Scarlet, Maddie Scarlet Topak into uh, yeah. into, 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 into Trav Varco into Paul Chapman snap 
do what remember. Would, what were the odds on Jeremy naming a Geelong moment, do you reckon? At least I was neutral. They're the ones most uh, most vivid in my memory, I suppose. Yeah. Um, oh, can, can I just borrow from Jeremy's moment? Um, I also refer you to the St Kilda rule with goal referrals. There wasn't any. There, there is now because of that game. Um, fantastic. Tom Hawkins hitting the post. Yep. Uh, blind Freddie. Would he even seen it? <laughs> that's right. I did. That's that's fantastic. <coughs> um, I for one, I for one, am glad they got that rule in. So I, there's a... I'm just as glad we've got the 2009 <laughs> Premiership Club. Yeah. So there's a there's a few moments that stand out. So there's obviously the Leo Barry. Yep. There's the Melcheski goal. Um, probably Akimanis kicking the goal over his head against Collingwood. Um, but for uh, me, Heath Shaw's mother. For me, and this is a, there's, the one moment in one game where you could just tell from that moment on that one team was just not going to win. Um, and that was when you could count out Sydney when Tom Boyd slotted one from the centre square. Well, it even made me go F U C K live on air. That um, <laughs> as soon as as soon as Tom Boyd kicked that goal, you knew that there was no coming back for Sydney. I tell and you, just what, quietly, though, the bloke should have a Norm Smith medal. He only played one good game in his career. If you're going to play your best game, mention. you may as well make it on the big day. Yes, honorable sir. mention, I, and the player's name escapes me, but you lads will know. The West Coast Eagles player that beat Collingwood with that... Don um, Sheen. Yeah, yeah, that was magic. And anyone that can beat Collingwood on, you know, near enough close to the last kick of the game in a grand the, final. The only reason... Let's, let's not forget, the only reason, the only reason Sydney won in, 20, in 2012, not the only reason, but a big reason, is Nick Malczewski kicked a just impossible goal from the boundary in the yep. first quarter. Kicked the first and last goal in that game. And then, did, yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, at the end of the game, just to, decided to screw one over his shoulder. <coughs> this, is a, this is a backman. With, with about eight seconds to go or yeah, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to quote the, uh, the great 2010 grand final, uh, 2011 grand final performer in Meatloaf, Woody, you took the words right out of my mouth because <laughs> my, my sort of – uh, emotional one, I guess, is when Leo Barry took that mark uh, because my old man's a Swans fan. So he had a stroke that year, was lucky to be alive, and then for him to follow a club for 55 years and seem just be a laughing stock and move from South Melbourne up to Sydney when they went broke. And there's only two times I'll see my old man cry when we had to put the dog down and when Leo Barry took that mark and the siren so went. That, that, that just goes back to what I said before about neutral fans picking sentimental reasons. Yeah. So as you said, your old man had a stroke that year. Sydney won the flag. Um, if Melbourne win the flag this year, I think you're going to have multiple strokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and multiple tears as well. I'm actually my one, mate. My one was exactly that, that Tom Boyd moment. When he kicked that goal from outside 50, you just knew it was game over and the Doggies are going to win their first flag in what was it, 52 years or whatever it was. And funnily um, enough, two out of my three children uh, were born in years which Geelong lost the grand final. So, <laughs> I don't, no, I think they lost a prelim in 2010, actually. Uh, and also okay, probably 2014 as well, just quietly. So, <laughs> just for those playing at home, uh, kids ruin everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, weren't, they, weren't born, they weren't born in years. <clears throat> Which uh, Geelong wins a flag. That might also, if you can do mathematics, just tell a bit of a story. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> going back to 2016, um, I always remember Liam Pickens' efforts during that yeah, game. Uh, they were immense too, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were when the game was still in the balance and he chimed in and started kicking goals. He was and he he was the best way. He's the best example of what drove the Bulldogs that year. He had ticker the, the share that guy. Yeah. He had the huge heart. I yeah. think oh, I, was, I just, want, just want to say I was a bit I was a bit harsh <clears throat> on Tom Boyd before because he only played the one good game. But <laughs> me, me point was he had a very 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 much maligned career. There's a bloody important big game. He picked the biggest. He picked the biggest occasion to play his best game. Best game. Also, uh, he many, absolutely uh, should have a Norm Smith medal to show for it. How many stick to our structures are we going to get to? Probably, oh, I reckon about 30 of those. Oh, 30 of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stick yeah, to Yeah, I would take the over. Yeah. But I yeah, think with the 2016 <clears throat> grand final, you can make a case if you weren't a Sydney fan, you were going for the doggies that year. Just but the, the story about it, it was such a good story because it was the first flag in 52 years. So if you weren't a Sydney fan, yeah, fifty-two years, and yeah. So if you um, weren't a, a Swans fan, you're probably on the doggies. That and what Melbourne? Melbourne are looking to break the a fifty-seven-year. Well, year here's drought. a bit of um. You'll love this, uh, uh, Timmy, because you're yep. a big uh, bounce fan. Numerology, right, boys? So Tokyo Olympics sixty-four D's flag. <clears throat> Tokyo twenty twenty-one. Could we have a D's <clears throat> flag? Uh, last time the D's finished top of the ladder, they won the flag, and we all hear about this Norm Smith curse. The age Norm Smith was when he passed away, 57 years. So if you're into all that numerology shit like Moons is, all the, uh, have you the stars tweeted are that, for the D's. Have you tweeted that to Mooney for the grand final show? I haven't, but I probably should. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> just on, uh, what was I going to say? Um, just on, oh, I've lost thought. I was going to say something. Now I've lost my thought. Anyway, that's that's all right. That's um, life. But um Anyway, we know we've got a grand final coming and we know Phil's just happy for a win. I think, seriously, <laughs> he would want more than a point because he will um, go in the cardiac arrest, which reminded me of what I was going to say. <laughs> um, better apologise to listeners because we'll probably be having a tribute to Phil's life um, after this grand final. <laughs> win, lose or draw. Yeah, I'll be bringing out a, a Maroon book. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> Phil will probably, if Melbourne get up, I think Phil's probably just going to give us his best Robert Allenby impersonation. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I, I would have thought um, there would be a Billy Brownless nude run from Germany around Wendereem himself. But... <laughs> hey, um, well, this is getting better now, so I wouldn't embarrass myself. Oh, thing no. One thing I know, I'm not really anything out with Philip. <clears throat> no, that's right. Um and as we're getting towards the end of the show now and we're rambling on a bit, um, it would be remiss of me not to mention some good friends of the show in um, Borussia Mönchengladbach. <laughs> I'm sure... I was waiting yes. for that. I'm sure they're pretty excited for the grand final as well. Yeah. Not, not, not very <laughs> and where, where are they actually situated? Have they, have they got more Are they in Germany, Tim? No, no, no. <laughs> on, 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 on the table, dickhead. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're... They're lower than Carlton have usually been finishing. Um, have they got more points than the Gunners? Oh, um, breaking news, boys. Uh, John Elliott's passed away, 79, uh, oh, from shit. a fall at his home. So, oh, really? Far John Elliott. 
hey, hey, he lived his best life. Um, oh, absolutely, he did. And can I just God say, for, for all the negativity he got towards the end at Carlton, what's the one factor that Carlton haven't had in this period of non-performance? A bit of ruthlessness. Like Jack Correct. Elliott on how to run a club. Like, irrespective, he knew how to run a club. It's just unfortunate that um, the last year or two, it was a little bit, um, well, he, he blames Colo and he will to, when he takes it to the grave as well. Shout out, shout out Nate <clears throat> Jones. <clears throat> oh, yeah. all right, yes. Um, Nate Jones as well, yeah. Well, actually, quick question again without notice. Um, should <clears throat> players that don't play in the grand final get a medal? No. No. Agreed. Yeah, I, I um I just think sometimes or oh, 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 if they get a medal <clears throat> if they get a medal, they should get it behind closed doors and not on the dais. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, look, I am probably in favour of people that have played enough games to qualify to play finals if there was a qualification, maybe as you said, get one behind the Seven, eight doors. games, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Behind the closed um, doors, not on the I podium. I think if if Melbourne do win, I think <coughs> we can safely say <coughs> someone will give their medal to Nathan Jones. What are the odds for Simon Goodwin calling Gary Lyon up and handing over his uh, Jock McHale medal? Not happening. Uh, no. Slim to none. <laughs> Slim to none. <laughs> Slim to none what, you know what? 151, you reckon? If ever a coach has been beaten pillar to post and gone through the hard yards on their way to a Premier uh, Jock McHale medal, it would be Simon Goodwin. Yeah, yeah he's been uh, he's been written off by one Philip Kimber about seven hundred and forty six times. He has. <laughs> yep. I've discussed this in a few group chats. I was very critical of Goody. I wanted him to give more in press conferences and things like that. But um, he's just mm-hmm. turned around and said, well, up yours, Phil. I'm going to show you how it's done. And the club's backed him in. The boys back him you can in. Tell and- how much, uh, you can tell how much power uh, Woody influence, Woody wins <coughs> because uh, the, the coaches he writes off are just now unemployed. So. Yeah. Woody is the NBA uh, <laughs> sports podcast, Kiss of Death. Um, yeah, look, Phil, it's not, out, it's not out of the realms. He could be sacked next year if he's plummet again. So, you know, anything. Well, that would yeah. be peak Melbourne. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Norm Smith, yep. <laughs> Definitely. But um, we've got to that stage where, oh, um, where we've got some work for Josh Watson to do, who uh, does all our editing and whatnot. And he will utilise Zaggy 2's velvet tones um, at the start and the finish of this podcast. Um, outside of that, thank Christ, Jeremy's given us no outlandish music references like he has been on our group <laughs> chat. Um, oh, I didn't even think of one. I, sh- I should have given me some time or would have come up with it. Yes. Thing. Well, you know, it's that one day in September, I guess. We want to remember. That's right. <laughs> and I'm sure there'll be a little bit of gazelle in us all. But anyway, mm. it's bye from me. Bye from me. See you guys. Go days. Go days. <laughs>